How are we doing today, guys? Good. Come on. You're in the house of the Lord. How you doing? Good. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, we love your pastors, Pastor Julie, Pastor Keith. Appreciate your friendship. You know, um, Abishai was like, you know, Pastor Keith was like, Pastor Nick, uh, Uncle Nick. Abishai's like, that's not my uncle, right? And I told him, I was like, I'm your Puerto Rican uncle, all right? <laughs> Everybody needs a Puerto Rican uncle, all right? We'll get a little trouble, we'll have a little fun, you know, uh, but it's so great to be here, uh, be with you guys. Um, thank you for coming and being a part of the, what God is doing. This is so precious of what God's doing in this. It is. I'm sitting there and I'm like, like I'm not the one to cry. I just tell you, I'm not, you know, but I felt my eyes are watering and I'm like, Lord, must be that country uh, air, you know. But no, it's just the sweet, sweet presence of the Lord. Protect it. Protect it. Amen. Amen. You know, and I was praying. I was like, Lord, how am I going to open this thing up? You know, you know oh, opening up sometimes it's like, man, like I want to I I be cool. I want to, you know, come here and, and say something cool and stuff like that. And the Lord's like, just share. Just talk. Just talk. Right? Because what we're going to share today, listen, I'm, I'm going through it too. Right? Just because I'm, I have a pastor or a reverend in front of my name, really, you know, I'm human like you. We're all human, right? We get mad, we get upset, you know, um, all this stuff. And today I just want to talk to you and share my heart. Um, because living a crucified life is where it starts. Right, knowing that, man, you can't. He, knowing how much a sinner you are, but the greater news is how much Jesus is there to save you from that sin is the best news ever. It's the best news ever. And understanding that we we're called to live a crucified life is important. It's important because you can't do anything else until we understand in our hearts. And in our minds, to be crucified with Christ. That he lives in us. That we no longer live. What does that mean? Right? What does that mean? And today, we're going to talk about that. All right? And so, I've, Pastor Keith said you're in this series called Raising Warriors. And what a timely message. What a timely series this is. This is what we need in today's world. This is what we need, warriors, right? And I'm not saying like, hey, let's, let's get strapped up with swords and, and ammo and different things like that, right? That's not what I'm saying, but let's be a people who stand up for our loved ones. Let's be a people who stand up for the unloved, for those who can't protect themselves. Because this world, I don't know if you realize it, but this world... Is coming for your loved ones, for our children, right? For those, for those ones who, who they can't uh, uh, protect themselves. And that's why when Pastor Keith shared, hey, we're going to open a school, I was like, what? I'm moving to Tyrone. I'm going to put my kids in that school, right? Oh, my man. What a timely message. Because here's what I've learned. That if the enemy 
if the enemy can get you to live according to the world standards, to what the world believes, just a little bit. If there's a little hint, right? If there's a little hint, that's why it says if there's a little yeast in the bread, right? I like to say it like this. A little poop goes a long way. <laughs> Amen? Anybody have, like, listen, I have a 10-month-old ten, ten son, and he's been blowing it up, right? And I will, I'll change him. I'll wipe him down. I'll hose him. I'll take him out to the backyard, hose him down. You know what I'm talking about? It's like that bad sometimes. And I will still, it will still be in the air. I'm like, bro, this is just a little nugget. Like, what happened? Like, it goes a long way. Do you hear me? Right? Can anybody testify? Amen. But it's like that. The world gets in on just a little bit. Just a little bit. Through social media, through TV. I mean, there's a lot of cartoons. I'm just like, you're not watching this. You're not watching this. I'm not trying to be a stickler as a parent. But it's just like, man, what, what is it communicating? I said, man, I can't even watch Blue's Clues no more. I like Blue's Clues. I love Blue's Clues. Come on. But it goes a long way. Just a little bit. It goes a long way. And we need to be warriors for those individuals, for our families. Listen, gentlemen, wives, husbands, even single, like if you even got no, don't have no kids, grandparents, whatever. Like we're called to be a family unit together, right? I may be brown, black, white, it doesn't, doesn't matter, right? We're called to be in relationship with each other. And the church does such a bad job at this sometimes. Such a bad job. Let's be warriors for each other. Those who are saved and those who are unsaved. Right? So important. So important. So, Lord, we thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing us to come into your house. Holy Spirit, would you continue to have your way this morning? Would you continue to be the voice that we listen to? Scripture says, be careful of what you listen to and how you listen. And so right now, Lord, we just listen to you. As this word goes forth, oh God, bring correction, bring healing, bring redemption, Lord. And I pray that you would uh, speak to each heart here today. And that we would do what you're telling us to do, oh Father God. That would not fall on deaf ears. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 2, starting in verse 11. Give you a little backstory of, of this passage. Apostle Paul has planted, planted many uh, churches, and this is one of the churches that he has planted. This takes place in, in modern day Turkey. Right, so there's a context for you, and he planted this church, and people are, are, are getting saved, and and people are actually getting saved uh, according to right um, this this freedom that Jesus offers. Listen, if you're here today and, and never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what it is is like he he provides freedom, right? It's freedom. It is freedom. 
And so you have this group of people at this church who are, who are, who are being saved, who are, who are being set free, who are actually following Christ out of a genuine heart. Let me just say this, that there's a difference between following Jesus out of duty versus delight. Right? Duty says, I'm just going to come up to Sunday morning service, drop a couple bucks in the plate, and, and go on and live my life. Duty says the Bible is a bunch of do's and don'ts. And it is a bunch of do's and don'ts, right? But at the same time, it's how you perceive it. It's how you look at it. Because the do's and don'ts can be delightful, right? When you live out of delight, it does not become a duty. It does not become an obligation. It doesn't become uh, uh, heavy to us. But we actually enjoy it. We actually enjoy reading the Bible. We actually enjoy praying for, for, for loved ones and for our enemies, right? We actually, do, we actually enjoy coming to, to church on Sunday morning and being here. And when Pastor Keith goes over, it's okay. Not because we like to hear them, because we like to hear the word of God. What happened to that? What happened to us just lingering and just being in the presence of God? What happened? And then we wonder why our lives are so jacked up. Then we wonder why things are so in, in a chaos. Because we're living this, we're trying to work this journey out out of duty and not delight. And so you have these individuals who are being set free. But then you also have these individuals who've come up, these Jews who've come up and said, hey, listen. This is how you, if you want to be a true Christian, if you want to be a true follower of Jesus, this is how you're supposed to live. And so they started implementing different, the, the, the laws that, the, that, that are found in the Pentateuch, right? The five, uh, first five books of the Bible. They say, hey, you have to do these laws. You have to obey by these laws. You even have to be circumcised. That's what they're saying. To, the, to this new church plant that's coming, that's, that's established, people are set free. He's like, hey, all right, you're set free now. You're part of the club. But to be really part of the club, you got to go get circumcised. So think about that. Part of your church membership, pastor. Huh? <laughs> All guys are like, no, I'm good. I'll just send my wife. I'll just send somebody else in my place. But this is what they're talking about. And Paul here gets wind of this. He's like, hold up. Hold up. No, no, no. We're not doing this. This is not what it's about. Right? And so that's where we pick up in Galatians chapter 2, verses 11. And it says this. Later when Peter came to Antioch, I had a face-to-face -face conversation with him. This is Paul. No, no, this is the Peter, the, 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 the disciple Peter. You have to understand that, right? He says, later when Peter came to Antioch, I had a face-to-face -face confrontation with him. I like that. I, I like when the, when the Bible gets a little, uh, a little crazy, all right? A little violent, I like to say. So I have a face-to-face -face meeting with him, Paul says, because he was clearly out of line. And Paul's like, Here, here's the situation. Let me lay it out. 
Earlier, before certain peoples had come from James, Peter regularly ate with the non-Jews. So Peter is kicking it with, with the non-Jews, the Gentiles, they call them, right? And he's loving on them. He's, he's like, hey, like, you know, discipling them, making sure they're doing the right things and different things like that, right? But then when uh, that conservative group came from Jerusalem, he cautiously pulled back. Let us not be a people because somebody looks different than us, talks different, doesn't speak the church lingo or this or that, or, you know, they, they, they might, uh, you know, didn't use deodorant that morning or whatever the, the case may be. Let us never run away, but let us run towards, right? This is what Peter's doing. Peter's like, hey, kicking it with you, right? And then all of a sudden, it's like, why are you hanging out with them? They're, they're Gentiles. They're not circumcised. They're not following the laws. Like, what, what are you doing? And Peter's like, oh. Maybe you're right. Let, let me go with my, my crew. Let me, let me go with the people who look like me and talk like me and act like me. And So Peter pulled back and put as much distance as he could manage between him, himself, and the non, his non-Jewish friends. That's how fearful he was of this group, of this Jewish clique that was being pushed, that uh, they were pushing the old system of circumcision. Unfortunately, the rest of the Jews in Antioch, in the Antioch church, uh, uh, joined in. You see, once you start something, people will follow. Whatever you're putting down, people are going to pick it up and follow it. So are you, are you laying down Jesus or are you just laying down whatever you f feels good to you, right? I hope we understand what's happening here. And even that, the last portion of that verse, it says, it says, even Barnabas, even Barnabas got swept away in this foolishness. And here's the problem. That we all have wants and needs and different things like that, right? There's nothing bad wrong with that, right? A lot of times we do, we do what we love, not necessarily what we, um, what we deem right and wrong, right? Many of us will leave this place and, and eat, you know, a big old steak or chicken or, right? Uh, nobody's going to eat a salad. Most of us won't eat a salad, right? Because who loves salads? Right? We love double-baked potato and, you know, candy and all this other stuff. And, but we do what we love, not what we necessarily deem right and wrong. And even for my own life, right, even for my own life, I've done what, what Nicholas wants to do, right? And over the last couple of years, the Lord's slowly revealing to me. He's like, hey, this is not about what you want and what you desire, but this is about what I want and what I desire. And listen, God's not a God of like, hey, let me crush your dreams and different things like that, right? But he, he's a God that wants you to be in his perfect will. Because when you're in his perfect will, it's delightful. There's no, there's no straining. There's no fighting against the goads. There, there's none of that. There's none of that.
Because with the vision that God has placed on this house, the mandate, the will, the, the purpose, there will be people who will be swept away to foolishness. I'm sorry to say it. They will be. Somebody's going to chirp in your ear. Well, this, I don't like this or I don't like that. And so what your heart is, it's going to get in your heart, right? It's going to be planted and you're going to be swept away. And you're, you're going you're gonna to go away against what God really wants to do in your life, to do in this body's life, in this community's life. That's what keep telling me, man, God's doing something great in this little town. This little town, right? I was like, amen. Be careful of who you listen to. Be careful of who you listen to and who's in your ear. And who's feeding your soul? It only takes a little bit. Remember, a little bit goes a long way. Right? So let's go on. We're talking about this crucified life. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this? Paul would would simply say to, to this group, to this church, he would say, hey, remember the gospel. Remember how you got saved. Remember how you gave your heart to Christ. Because a lot of times, listen, I know, th- listen. When I get in the car, the glory is gone. Anybody with me? Right? Like one moment we can be here worshiping Christ and having this great presence and we jump on 99 and, and it's gone. Anybody with me? Right? What's the deal? What's the deal with that? Uh, and this is the life we live. We, we, we go from one tree to another, right? We're like Tarzan. We, we go from having these glory moments to, to living in sin, having these glory moments to, to, to doing what we want and feeling uh, really bad and, and different things like that, right? Um, and it, it starts with this crucified life. It, it, it starts with understanding the gospel. And the ver- and, and, and in Galatians chapter 2, it, it continues on. In 16, it says, We know very well that we are not set right with God by rule keeping, but only through personal faith in Jesus Christ. So he's saying you can't work enough, you can't give enough, you can't... Uh, come to Wednesday Bible study enough or Sunday morning. Like, it's only by faith, right? And if you're like me, I'm a worker. Like, I like to work. And that's why I find myself, my sin is like, hey, I find myself worth in working. So I would work, 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 and not pick up my Bible. I would work, 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 and, and, and right, not pray. I would work, 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 and, and not, you know, love those around me. That's my sin. I'll just be real, Right? I mean, I have other sins probably, but that, that's the one that really affects me, that, um, that stops me from, from really entering in, in, into those deeper places. Jesus, the Bible would just simply say it like this, that you could do a whole bunch of things and not have Jesus in it. Jesus will not be in it. But you're a pastor. You preach on Sunday mornings and you leave. Yeah. Pastors are probably one of the worst at that. We prep and we, we, we pray for people and we do this, but 
We never have that genuine communion time with Christ. So Paul's like, let me show you the gospel. Let me understand what the gospel is. It's a personal faith in Jesus Christ. How do we know? How do I know? The verse goes, we tried it. We tried to be godly by setting all these rules up and all these standards in our life. And we had the best system of rules the world has ever seen. Convinced that no human being can please God by self-improvement. We believe in Jesus as the Messiah so that he might be set right before God by trusting in the Messiah, not by trying to be good. Listen, this is not a matter of being good and bad. This is, are you alive in Christ or are you in dead in Christ? Do you understand? Do we understand that? I'm sorry, the, the, the lady, the old lady that lives next to you who bakes you cookies, she might be sweet and innocent, but if she doesn't know Christ, she's going to hell. Because it's not about good and bad. It's about if you're alive in Christ or you're dead in Christ. So we're not trying to be good. What actually takes, took place is this. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God. And it's, it did not work. So I quit being a lawman. And what does it say? I started to be what? God's man or woman. Right? And this is where I find myself at. Because, listen, I've chased my own dreams. I've chased even what God has, has spoken over me. But when, if, when it's not in God's timing, it's in vain. God is doing something in my family's life that I never thought he would do. Mm, I'm not going to cry. Because I've chased what I wanted so much because Nicholas lived in himself. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense or grammarly correct. Whatever. Just a poor Puerto Rican from Brooklyn, New York, and that's that. But I've chased what I've wanted for so many years. I said, God, you spoke this over me. I'm, I'm going to chase it with everything I got. I'm going to chase that, that pastor's position. I'm going to chase this for my family. Listen, I had... I had big goals and dreams. I was going to retire at 45. I was going to do this. I was going to do that. I'm like, yeah, Lord. And he just crushed me. Just crushed me. And he's bringing me to a place that I don't know why he's bringing me. I know why now. But I know that he's doing a great work, even in my family's life. And it's going to be worth it in the end. So I give it all up. I say, I give up the plan, the retirement plan. I give up the businesses. I give up this. I give up the hustles. I give it all up. I even give up the, the, the words that you have spoken over me, God. To hear your voice, to pursue what you want for me. I give it all up. Because I don't want to live anymore. I want you to live in me. I want you to have every being all of me. Everything, my, my thoughts, my actions, how I treat my family, how I treat my wife, my children. Listen, guys, children, your neighbors, you are the best example of Jesus Christ they can see. 
So if you're acting one way in here and acting another way out there, and I'm grateful that the Lord crushed me, crushed my family, crushed us as parents, right? Or it's like, don't put our business out there. That's okay. I'm glad because I live in the, uh, there's freedom. There's more peace. There's more joy. Now, this is not a message that will grow the church. This is a message. <laughs> what happened? I don't missed it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm serious. You, 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 we preach crucified lives. It won't be a message that will grow your church. It, it will be a message that will grow the people in your church. And that's what it's about. It's not about but the numbers of butts in the seats. But it's actually about people moving from milk to meat. Right? And I love having a, a, a baby and a toddler because it continues to remind me how much we are babies and toddlers. Right? Can't wait for my son Esai to, to get it off that formula. <laughs> Searching high and low for formula. I'm like, Lord. Expensive. I bought this little can. It was 20 bucks. I was like, good Lord. Man. Right? But it reminds me of how much we need to continue to grow in Christ. Because it's not about what we want. It is not. It's about what he wants to do with us. It's about coming to, listen, deep, deep sermons and different things like that, it, sometimes to me it's not about theology, which theology is good, Right? But it's actually deep as coming face to face with who you are at the cross and letting Jesus change you and you actually changing. That's the deep work. That's deep because it's hard. It's hard. No, Lord, I don't want to give up my hobbies to follow you. I don't want to do this. I don't want to talk to that person on the street corner, right? I don't want to talk to this person at the gas pump. I don't, I don't want to tell them about Jesus. I don't want to do it, Lord. I don't want to give up my addictions to pornography and alcohol and cigarettes or whatever he's asking you to do. I don't want to give it up. It makes me feel good. So hard. So hard. Galatians chapter 2, 20 says this. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's the gospel. That we're all sinners. We're all sinners. Look, look at my baby. He says, yeah, he's a sinner too. My son is a sinner. My daughter, whew, I love her. And you might have that child too, right? Couldn't find her shoes this morning. I'm like, I love you, girl. But they are. They're sinners. We're all sinners. Until we come face to face in realization that, hey, I'm a sinner. But the great news is that there was a man who died on a cross. You think about that. Gave the ultimate price. Died on a cross. Gave his life. How many of us would give our lives for somebody? Jesus came at a time where death was the most brutal. 
You think he comes today? Lethal injection. What is that? You know what I mean? A little pinch in the arm. Nothing. But he came at, at a time where the crucifixion, you think about it, being whooped, being punched and kicked and all this other, like, who has roses? You ever been plucked by a rose thorn? That hurts. It hurts. Makes you want to say something that you shouldn't be saying. Amen? But you think about, he had a, a thorn of crowns on his head, pushed down on his head. Whooped. Splinters in his back. Being nailed in his hands and his feet. That's what Christ paid so we could live free. And we should not take that lightly. We should not take that lightly. So Paul says, hey, let me start with this. This is the foundation. This is Jesus Christ crucified. This is how you got saved. This is the reason. And that's it. There's no laws. There's no duty. Like, stop it. And so, living a crucified life is where it all starts. Romans 6, chapter, uh, Romans 6, verses 6 and 7 says this. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves. Listen, uh, that addiction you're caught up in, it makes you a slave. You're a slave to it. Listen, addiction is more than pornography, drugs. Addiction is anything that takes the place of Christ. Work, sports, come on, right? A relationship. Which are, there's nothing wrong with those things, Right? There's nothing wrong with signing up your kids for sports and different things like that. There's nothing wrong with, you know, uh, having a, a boyfriend, girlfriend. There's nothing wrong with husbands and wives, right? There's all good things. Nothing wrong with work. The Bible has plenty to say about work. But when those things take front and center, right, when you plan those things around, uh, uh, take those things and plan them and schedule your day on them, that's when it becomes wrong. That's a sin, right? You be, we become slaves, so little Johnny's uh, baseball game, soccer game, volleyball, whatever, you know, when you have to schedule church around that and, and fellowship and, and your prayer life around that stuff, that becomes a sin. I'm sorry. And I'll probably one day be there as well, too. Like, huh? we have to order, put in perspective what we need to put in perspective in the right order, Right? And so what's cool about Galatians is this, talking about the crucified life. It gives us three areas that we need to crucify. And we're going to talk about them real quick, and then we're going to close and do some, some, uh, some uh, self-check, I like to call it, right? Heart check. So the first one is, is this, and we already kind of touched on this, but crucify self. 1 Corinthians 15.31 says, says this, I die every day. Every day, every day I have to wake up and say, Lord, like, let, let, let your will be in me and not my will. It's important because, Nicholas, it, I just make a mess of things. I just make a mess of things. And what I ultimately want, 
does not edify the body. It does not edify the kingdom. And I want to be about the kingdom. I'm not waving the flag of, of, of right, CWC or this church or that denomination or this uh, uh, fellowship or that fellowship. I'm waving the, 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 the banner of the kingdom, Jesus Christ. Because it's not, hey, come hear our pastor. Come see our church. Come see our, our children's ministry. It's about, hey, let me tell you uh, of a man who died for me and changed my life. And I don't have to live in this addiction life no more. I don't have to live a life just going about aimlessly, with, with just going to the next thing and, and finding pleasure in this and that. Let me tell you of a man who actually set me free. John chapter 3 verse 30 says, He must be greater and greater and I must become less and less. It takes a lot of humility to do that. Number two is this, crucify my flesh. Galatians chapter 5 says this, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Listen, we all have passions and desires and we want to see that for our family. And there's nothing wrong with this stuff. Again, guys, there's nothing wrong with it. But when it takes the place, when you say, my life is not complete, because I don't have this or that, that's sin. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. That's my, right? I've said that. My life ain't complete God unless I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lead pastor or, or I'm this or, or I have my own church or, or, right, I have this much money in the bank account and my kids have this and that. No. Joshua 24 says this, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve God. We will serve the Lord. It's about choices. What choices are you making? Because the choices you make today dictate how your life is going to be tomorrow. And the choices I want to, for, to make for my kids today I want them to look back and say, man, our parents set up a, a godly household so we can live and walk in this freedom. Those individuals who say, man, I just grew up in the church and knew God all my life. Praise God. Praise Him. I wish I had that. Right? I wish my parents would set it up so, so I could walk in godliness. The choices you make are very important. And the last one is this. Crucify the world. Galatians chapter uh, 6 verses 14 says this. May I never boast except in the cross of our, God, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through which the world has, seen, has, has been crucified to me. And I to the world. The world. Like I said in the beginning. The world looks to creep in. The enemy looks to, to creep into our lives and pollute everything. Pollute everything. Marriage, our relationship with our children, with friends, our school system. Listen, I've always been the one like, hey, my kids are going to public school. I don't care where we're living. I don't care if we're living in the hood or the country or wherever we're going. My kids are going to public school because they're going to be the light. 
and I heard something crazy. I was like, um, this pastor said, yeah, you know, that's great. But, you know, when you, when you send your kids uh, um, to Rome, don't, don't, don't be, um, don't, don't, don't be, um, what am I trying to say? When you send them to Rome, don't, don't act surprised when they come out like Romans. Does that make sense? I was like, wow, that's, wow. That's true. They spend eight, ten hours a day at school and different things like that, right? Being educated by the world and different things like that. And we're surprised, like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> what happened to my kid? What happened to my marriage? What happened to this? What happened to that, right? Because we didn't crucify the world. We just let the world creep in and dictate how we live life. I'll close with this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 17 and 18 says this. So, so what's the solution to all this? How can we live, continue to live a crucified life, right? Number one is understanding the gospel, that Jesus died on a cross for your sins, and you cannot do this without him. Another part is this, 2 Corinthians, therefore come out from them and be separate. Stop doing what you're doing. Stop flirting the line, right? Stop it. Stop having those relationships. Stop dabbling in this and dabbling in that. Be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. That is good news. That is great news. And today, if you're saying, man, like, I need to do some crucifying, right? The best thing you can do today is come have a heart-to-heart with yourself. Don't fake it. Don't act prideful, right? Because that, like, in Latin, Latino culture, we like to say machismo, right? And we men have this machismo that say, you know, I'm a, I'm a man. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to come to the altar. I'm not going to do disciple my family or, or I'm not going to cry or, or this and that, and right? Don't let your arrogance and pridefulness for men and women, right, stop you from receiving what Christ has for you. Because a moment of humility goes like that. But a lifetime of disobedience and sinfulness will last forever. It will be generational. So if you're here today and you're saying, yeah, first of all, I need to give my life to Christ do it. You don't, you don't need me to ask you to raise your hand or anything like that. You can sit there and say, Lord, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you, show me. Speak to me. Or maybe you need to say, hey, which area do I need to crucify? Is it myself? Is it the things of this world, the things I watch, the things I listen to, the, the things I interact, right? How I talk, how I treat my spouse. I love my wife. Sometimes when I get out of line, she's like, hey, remember you're serving Jesus. I say, you're right, baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe you have to crucify the world and detach from those things. So let me just close out in prayer today. 
Lord, I thank you for each and every one today, here today, that are in this house and not in this house, maybe watching online or whatever, that say, man, we need to do some work. We need to do some heart surgery. That's what the Word of God does. It, it goes in, in you and, and does some work. Lord, I pray that it would not stop just, just by the words that we've heard today, but we would put it into action. That we would confess our sin. Yeah, I've been struggling with, with, with this. I've been struggling with that. I've been struggling with treating my spouse and my kids in a, in a godly manner. I've been struggling with discipling. I've been struggling with evangelism, telling people about Jesus. I've been struggling with, with whatever. I've made this an idol in my life. Jesus, help me to crucify that. Nail it to the cross. Let you deal with it so I could walk away in freedom. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for these people. I thank you for what you're doing in this church and in this community. Would you continue to do what you're going to do, Lord, as we submit ourselves to you? In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen.